0: We're live at the NASDAQ market side on this expiration Friday. The guys here getting ready behind me. While they're I'm doing that, here's what's
1: coming up on the show. Investors are anxiously awaiting the rest of Fang earnings next week. But there's one name in the group that could have them running scared. We've got the details. Plus, energy stocks have been on fire. But there's something in the charts that suggests the run is about to cool off. We'll break it down. And later... Boeing shares are teetering in correction territory, and one of the traders says it's about to get a lot worse. He'll give us the trade. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now.
0: Let's get right to it, because next week is make or break time for tech, and FANG in particular. Facebook, Amazon, Alphabet, due to report earnings, these stocks have been taking a beating lately, all well off their highs. And the options market is implying some pretty big moves for the group. Facebook and Amazon could see a 6% move in either direction. Amazon could swing 5%. Altogether, that could spark a more than $110 billion shift in market cap. So how should you play some of these names heading into these reports? Let's get in the money, and uh, Dan is taking a look at Alphabet, Dan.
2: Yeah, so it all gets kicked off. Monday night after the close. You got Alphabet reporting. And, you know, one thing that's really interesting about a lot of these FANG names, they're becoming increasingly... Intertwined on a lot of different levels. We know the regulatory risk, but there's, you know, they're all competing with like public cloud, you know, there's a lot of things going on here. So I think Google's a really important one. I think it's important to see how the company guides and how the stock reacts. And there's just a couple things that are making me a little hesitant here and actually make me think that it sets up as a really good short. The stock has bounced off a thousand. We have a chart real quickly here. I'll let Carter speak to it afterwards. But to me, this is a massive technical level, a thousand. It's been battling with it for the past year. It broke out late last year. bounced off that level a couple times now. I think the rally into Monday night gives you a little bit of an opportunity. For me, I think it's really important to go back and look at the gap. When they reported February 1st, Um, Their Q4 results, the stock was down 5.5% the next day. They had higher customer acquisition costs or traffic acquisition costs. They had lower um, profitability, much lower than people expected, for a whole host of reasons. Then you layer in all these issues that Facebook is having with privacy. And all you got to think about is that Facebook said they're going to hire 10,000 people this year. This year alone, okay, for those issues in security, Google will be, too. You have the regulatory risk. So to me, this thing, you know, you keep hearing people say it's cheap. It trades 26 times. Yeah, they're growing earnings uh, 30% expected this year, 22% expected sales growth. It's priced to perfection. If they guide down again, the stock's going lower. This is a really easy one to me. I think the way you play it, you define your risk into the print. So today, the stock closed at about uh, 1077. Look out to May expiration. The 1077 eighty puts were offered at thirty nine dollars uh... those break even down at ten forty one which is well within that implied move okay the implied move is about five percent that break even is down three and a half percent and then you have profitability below that um, again i'm targeting for a break over the next few days of that $1000 yeah, level. Yeah, when you t- the when, catalyst. Yeah,
3: you're trying to figure out whether, you know, the price of these options makes some sense. First of all, you get more than just the, your the earnings capture, but think about this. 6 out of the last 8 quarters, this is a stock that moved 3% or more. That's approximately what you're paying for these puts. And, you know, you're dealing with more than half of those were actually moves to the downside. And of course you did identify a number of those risks. You know, even in the businesses that are growing like cloud services, for example, your biggest competitor there and number one in the space, Amazon, that's always a tough fight. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, I mean, obviously we saw some strength this week, but, I mean, we've also seen some wobbliness in the prior weeks, and I think that it makes sense to make a bearish play.
4: All right, so let's, let's look at the uh, annotations that uh, Dan made on his chart and really uh, look at the level of support and what is the, the risk that
0: it brings. you hear that he
4: called
2: them annotations yeah, on it Yeah, that's analysis. fancy for, like, my <laughs> lines. drawing. exactly. Okay, so here we go. Look
4: at
5: that.
2: Now,
4: <laughs> the, the principle of support is prior tops are supports. So we know the stock peaked in January with a market. It sold off and found support. But notice the bounce off support couldn't make the new high, and then it comes back to support and makes a slight new low. So we have now a sequence of lower highs, lower lows. This final bounce is very tepid. The presumption is it's found support, but it's not really recovered. So you revisit support the third time. The presumption is it breaks
2: Last word to you. Last Dan. word. If expenses are going up, profitability is going down, okay, and then that earnings multiple is going to look really fat. So to me, you have to remember that this is a forward looking sort of estimation here. So I'm willing to say that the spending. Is not a one-quarter phenomenon, especially given what's going on with Facebook here. And don't think for a second that we are not going to see Google people in front of Congress at some point in the next couple months. I'm not saying that's going to weigh on this report, but it could weigh on how they guide and what they guide for spending.
0: All right, moving on here. Let's take a look at crude, rallying more than 7% in the last month, sitting just off its November 2014 highs. This is oil stocks head into a big week of earnings. Bob Pisani is at the NYSE breaking it down. Bob.
5: That's right, Melissa. It's been a big month for energy. We are finally getting some rotation into the commodity stocks. Energy as a group is up nearly 9% for the month, far outperforming the s ps gains of about 2%. But oil service stocks like Transocean and Halliburton are up over 12% as a group. And companies that explore for oil and gas, like Devon and ConocoPhillips, they're up almost as much. The main theme here is four-year highs in oil, and it may go higher because production is getting cut back. Oil service giant Schlumberger reported earnings this morning. CEO Paul Gibbsgard said the oil market was now in balance, those are his words, but that worldwide production was showing signs of weakness with production declines in many countries like Angola, Norway, Mexico, Malaysia, China, and Indonesia, and that production in Venezuela was in freefall. His conclusion, supply is becoming increasingly constricted. The implication is that prices will likely be higher unless there is a significant ramp up in production. Now, we'll hear a lot about this next week when Chevron, Exxon, ConocoPhillips all report. The key is whether those big guys will ramp up capital spending to capitalize on the higher oil prices and whether smaller players in the shale space can ramp up production as well. Back to you, Melissa.
0: Thank you, Bob Pisani. And with the energy chart pretty much going up in a straight line this past month, Carter says it might be time to take a breather. Why don't you head over to the plasma Carter sure, break it down? Uh, let's
4: look at that straight line. It uh, is a straight line. Uh, before we look at the chart, I just wanted to step back and look at the sort of the entire past 10 years. If one's playing for mean reversion, ultimately things start out with a bang. We've had the bang, but it takes time, and we're likely to get a rest here, I think. Talking about the long-term picture, look at these dates. This is the entire period 09 to 2017 so here's the winner here's the loser tech is outperformed in six out of nine energy is outperformed only three out of nine this is their total return obviously it's a blowout tech being up 441 energy being up only 72 versus the market 259 so this is the key column what we know here is look at almost the perfect symmetry of how much tech is outperformed relative to the S&P and how much energy. They're almost identical numbers in reverse. And so at this point, we're getting a little bit of mean reversion. Can it last over time? Sure. It starts out with a bang. It's a little too steep right now, and that's why I'm thinking you uh, bet for backing and filling. Uh, or in a way being a sort of short volatility. First of all, the sector, 31 stocks. You know the big names. We've got Exxon and Chevron coming up, uh, 1.45 trillion, 6% of the S&P. It can't really help the market itself. It's too small. Um, here we go. The, the ETF XLE, which captures the sector, it's a perfect double top. As we know, it failed almost precisely where it rallied to, and now we're reapproaching it. But watch the relative strength line to the SPY straight down. Meaning even as it rallied, yes, we were making new lows. And then for the first time in basically five years we have broken above the downtrend line. That's how things start. So it's very young. Now the here and now. Let's go to um, the chart. Here's the wedge. And this straight line, again, this is not random. Computers look at these kind of things. Chartists look at these kind of things, it is right, we're almost at the top of the line. My hunch is that you write calls or sell, you know, this kind of thing, because we're likely to work into the apex further. I think it's going to go quiet here after surging. Sell a strangle.
0: Mike, what's your trade?
3: So he's saying to sell a strangle. Of course, if you sell a strangle, then you're selling a call uncovered and you're selling a put uncovered. That means you have unlimited risk to the upside if you're wrong and obviously all the way down to zero if you're wrong to the downside. But you can get a similar profile using a calendar spread. Essentially, you're also playing in the near term for a range-bound action. So what I was looking at was the May, January 73 puts bid. You could spend $5 to buy those January 73 puts and then sell the Mays against it for a buck and a half. So you're spending three and a half dollars for this trade. And basically the idea here is that you're looking to collect the decay on the Mays that you're short between now and May expiration. And the most risk that you have is that it moves wildly in one direction or the other, and you've spent $3.50. But I don't think that that's going to happen. You own those Januaries, which are pretty far out in time. You're not Mm going to see those trade to what we call intrinsic value uh, very easily. So this is basically trying to do a short strangle or a short straddle type of a trade without actually taking that kind of risk.
4: Without the risk, which is unlimited. And then think about the percentage move. You're talking about something that's up 14%, just a matter of... 15 sessions, almost bigger than anything in the market. That's the bet, that it starts to consolidate those gains and go nowhere.
2: Right, but so here's the thing. So May, the one that you're short, is going to expire just in a month or so, and then at some point you're going to actually, you know, going to cover that short put. You're going to take a little profit or this and that, whatever. You know, I see that chart and I hear what we're talking about, and I say almost every sector sector seems like a sell on the news, even good news. And I say I want to buy that May 73 put for a dollar 40, and you can sell the May 69 put for 40 cents, and have a vertical put spread after this massive ramp. So it really depends what you're trying to do. Like if I think it's going to break to the downside. I'm looking to risk one, one and a half percent of the stock over the next month and a half. So this is what – we used to do a segment like this? Like – <laughs> wells so
3: that is a bet <laughs> on a different kind of price totally action different. yeah but so' we're, bre- the price the trade yeah. we are doing here which is also a put spread you're proposing a put spread and yeah. I'm proposing a put spread the difference is that if it's the same expiration you're betting that it's going to move down and yeah. it's going to do that between now and may I'm actually making a different kind of a bet which is that at least between now and may it's likely to consolidate maybe it will go lower thereafter we work with that that perfect
2: triangle and on some instances depending upon what the fundamentals we say, this is going to resolve itself.
4: Right, it, it, but we're not quite at the apex not yet. yet. Notice, yeah. that's right. So I'm thinking we're going to work yep. further into the
0: right, decision point, get there. And that's
2: the sideways So, side you know, next week we're going for- to see who's good trade, who's bad trade. I think right. that was the segment from So for OA Classic, yeah. it's amazing. Classic. All right.
0: For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our super cool newsletter. It's how Mike gets all his great ideas. Actually, that's where they go to <laughs> that newsletter. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next.
1: Wait till you see what one of the traders says could happen to Boeing shares when it reports next week. Calling all Options Action fans. Got a market question on this big sell-off? Tweet us at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns.
0: Welcome back to Options Action. The best-performing Dow stock over the last year is hitting some turbulence ahead of earnings next week. Boeing shares falling back into correction territory, down about 9% from its February high, shedding a cool $16 billion since topping out just under 372 So if you're worried things could get worse, how should you play the stock heading into its report? Mike Coe is over at the class with Breaking All Down and a
3: call to action. Mike Hi there. So yeah, we're going to talk about selling a call spread. Why would we think about selling a call spread? Well, one of the reasons is risk. This has less risk than selling naked calls as a way to profit from a downward move. Secondly, it has a relatively high probability of profit. That's typically true for short premium options trades. And finally, the nice thing about a trade like this is you can do this on a standalone basis Or if you happen to own shares and you're not inclined to sell them and you want to try to collect a little bit of premium against it, you can do that here, too. So you can obviously see Boeing has been on an absolute tear over the past year. We have obviously seen it sort of start to level off here and even start to trend downwards a little bit. I think a lot of people also felt that the valuation might be getting a bit ahead of itself, despite the fact that they have a nice backlog of orders. So the trade I'm looking to do here. I was looking out to June. You could sell the 350 calls for $9.75, collecting a nice bit of premium in there. But obviously, to limit our risk, we're going to buy the 355s for eight oh five, dollars creating our call spread. We dollar $1.70 to do that trade, and we're going to realize profits as long as Boeing stays below 351.70, which is actually you know, a decent bit above where it is right now. So, Taking a look at the probabilities, hey, notice this guy's wearing the exact same shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I only have a couple of them, I guess. Um, so, one of the things I would also point out what are the probabilities that we're looking at here? So, one set of probabilities we could look at is what are the likelihoods that it hits any one of those prices? But I'd leave you with one final probability, which is what are the chances that it's going to be above that 355 strike at expiration? We see that as about a 30% chance, which means that there's a 70% chance that it's going to be well below that. And that's one of the reasons why we think the probability of profit is pretty good here. What
2: do you think, Dan? Um, I like the trade. I think he's really targeting that implied move, which is really would be in that 350-ish range there. And so, if he's bearish or he thinks it just doesn't react well to even good news, then this is the right trade structure to do it. Uh, option prices are very elevated into this print, and this thing's been trading like a tech stock here. So, to me, I actually think that they're going to have to really have a big beat and raise for this thing to get back up towards those highs. And so, I like the trade structure.
4: All right, I mean, this in principle was uh, was a stock that's highly cyclical that kept up with growth stocks. Mm -hmm. uh, And it was a sign of multiple that over time, history shows, it does not deserve. you are talking about $100 two years ago. It's up to $350. Upside, limited, if any, and in principle, unknown, but plenty of downside.
0: What are the biggest concerns in your view, Mike, I mean, to come out of the earnings report?
3: Well, I mean, we, we have a couple potential issues, but I mean, really, one of the things that's important when you look at this as an industrial compared to some others is, of course, and this is one of the things that is probably a reason why it hasn't rolled over harder is the fact that they do have a big backlog, and there is secular tailwinds, if you'll pardon it, um, for single-aisle aircraft, and that's basically their strength. So, you know, the long run is still good. The question is whether or not the multiples that we see in industrials like this one are justified, if the market's going to show any kind of weakness, flattening yield curve, those types of things. Right you know, those would be reasons I'd be concerned.
0: All right. Still ahead, General Electric share surging today after its earnings report. The chart master called the bottom on the stock two weeks ago. He'll tell us how much higher it could go from here. Plus, got a question for one of the traders. Send us a tweet to add options action. If it's nice, we'll read it later on in the show. We are live at the Nasdaq Market Side in New York City's Times Square. Much more options action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look look back at some of our open trades. Now, two weeks ago, Cohen Carter made a bold call on GE.
4: Here's what's sort of interesting. As, again, it's continued lower over the last several weeks and months, the actual internals have moved higher. I think I want to stick my neck out, take a gamble that this very important, now less important stock is maybe so bad it's good.
3: I was looking at the June 14-15 call spread. Earlier today, you could buy those 14 calls for about 50 cents, sell the 15s for a quarter.
0: They were right. It was a case of so bad, it's good. GE shares are up 10% since then. So, Mike, there's a lot of time left on this trade. What do you do here?
3: Yeah, we we do have some more time. We also have more than doubled the original investment that we made. We paid a quarter. It's worth about 55 cents now. Uh, That... Lower strike call, though, is now in the money, and I think we still want to have optionality here. My inclination would be to roll this out and up. You'll be taking some of that money off the table. You could probably go out to July 15, 16, about 30 cents or so.
4: Right now, in principle, almost like the energy move, right? You get a big move off the low, then you should get consolidation before you ultimately advance further. So if one's days, weeks, take your money and run. If one can push it out, presumptively the lows are in and it can go higher.
2: What are your thoughts here? You know, my thought is is very similar to the thought I had a couple weeks ago. It was really interesting. Uh, you know, obviously the trade made a lot of sense from a sentiment standpoint. And Mike looked out of the money. The stock was trading just above thirteen. His break even was up fourteen and a quarter, almost up ten percent. And what we said at the time was, this is a great example. The thing's so beaten down where you can look out of the money because if you get it right, it's going to move like that. And so not only was the trade great. The technicals were great. I think it continued to roll it up and out, and you can kind of reach a little bit, too. This is a situation where you know, the sentiment is so poor that when you're going to get a move in
3: a different direction, it's probably going to be a sharp one. And as we also pointed out, this is a fairly levered balance yeah. sheet, right? right? So the equity can swing uh, quite violently as a percentage.
0: All right, now moving on, just last week, Dan bet on an industrial breakdown.
2: I really want to fade this move here. You can see that downtrend here. Obviously, there's a little bit more room to the upside if the thing was to pop a little bit, but I want to play for a move below 70 over the next month or so. Today, I was looking at the XLI when it was trading at 74 and a quarter. You could look out to May expiration. You could buy the 74.69 put spread, paying $1 for that.
0: Well, the XLI is up around two percent since that call. What do you do now, Dan?
2: Yeah, so that was kind of my inclination there. It did move up a little bit, so I paid a dollar for that five-dollar wide um, put spread. I want to stick with this thing because really, I was looking back uh, beyond GE and Honeywell, and I really wanted to target their Boeing next week, and that's how I'm playing it. Now it just got rejected at that downtrend. This put spread that I paid a dollar for is now sixty-five cents. I want to stick with it.
0: What does XLI look like, Carter? Yeah, hey, rejected at the downtrend. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> So Those annotations like, were correct. Yes. <laughs> Drawing good lines, <laughs> Mike.
3: Yeah, no. I, uh, this is funny. Now we actually have a uh, two-way trade on since we're bullish on GE, yeah. but we're bearish on the space and we're bearish in Boeing. So, uh, but I obviously agree with it.
0: Right. Up next, tweets, and the final call from the options pits. Welcome back. Time for some tweets. Our first one is from a fan who asks, wouldn't an iron condor strategy on XLE be better? Mike?
3: That is a great question. Of course, and that's also a great uh, trade structure. One quick point I would make is that a calendar spread, like the one we have, only two legs. It's easy to trade around that. But if you are inclined to do iron condor trades, this would also be a good strategy to employ here.
0: Our next fan asks, what strikes would you buy for an Apple trade into earnings? It's interesting one, Dan.
2: Really good question because ball yeah. is spiking right now mm-hmm. in this name for things having nothing to do really with that earnings print, obviously right. related to the earnings. So to me, buying options premium is really hard here. You may want to consider like selling the May 155 put because those are really pumped up. That way, worst case scenario, you get put the stock at 155, but you've taken a couple bucks in premium.
0: All right. Time now for the final call. The last word from the options pit, Carter Braxton Worth, what do you say? I want to make a bet
4: that energy is dead flat the weeks ahead.
3: My co. You can
2: do calendars for that and sell call spreads in Boeing. And Dan Nathan. Yeah, so I think Google is going to be very controversial. I do think playing long premium into this one makes a lot of sense, could set the stage.
0: All right, looks like our time has expired. See you back here next Friday for more Options Action. Meantime, Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now.